I love seeing, love seeing everyone, and uh, we're gonna transition into the sermon in just a moment, but really felt a prompting from the Holy Spirit uh, this morning, and we are a charismatic church, meaning we believe in the power and the presence of God here with us, the gifts of the Spirit at work in our midst. I didn't know that Joe was gonna share that about God strengthening us in our weakness, but specifically, if you guys think back to your you know, junior high history class where you learned about like family shields or family crests that they had like in days of old with symbols and signs that marked your family. I just sensed this morning that the Lord was uh, establishing some new family crests, meaning there are things that have been in your family lineage for generations, some that are blessings that you want to continue on. And some that are, I would love to see that left behind uh, with a previous generation. God bless them, I just don't want that to be passed on. And I just had this sense this morning of, of those shields, like you remember from middle school history with the different emblems being on there, and some of those being taken off, and others of those emblems being put on, right? Something new, that God is starting something new in your family. And I felt that specifically for a few people in the room, but I think this is a word for all of us, particularly as we enter into a new year. So I'm just gonna take a little risk of faith right now, and uh, here we go. We didn't come to church to go through a program or do whatever, we came to meet with the Lord. So David Johnson, my friend, my neighbor, sensed uh, just as you walked up that for you and Julie and Campbell and Cooper and Josie, that God was establishing a new like regal crest for your family, that there's something new that he's doing, that he's establishing y'all, and y'all are going to pass on something to your kids, the best of what was before, but they're new things, things that God has done in y'all's story, that he's establishing the house of Johnson, if you will, in a fresh way. And I believe that for y'all, but again, I believe that for people in our church. Nelson and Noel. Uh, when y'all, uh, just looking at y'all right now, know you a little bit, but what stands out to me is the name Noel, and my understanding of that is it has to do with joy, and I just believe that there is a something God is gonna put on y'all that's gonna allow y'all to pass on joy wherever you go, not just a joy in the moment, but that deep Holy Spirit joy in the place of sadness, and there's that passage in Isaiah 61 where it talks about, and he gives joy for our mourning. And just for people that are in mourning, people that have been through things, I believe that God is gonna give y'all an ability to pass on joy to them that lifts that mourning uh, in Jesus' name. Maxwell and Jenna, right here. I know y'all are on the newer end of being married. And again, I think there's something about God establishing the house of Owen, if you will. There's something regal about you. There's something kingly and queenly about y'all, and I don't know a ton about your background or family of origin, but I just believe there's something new that God is doing in y'all, in y'all's generation, that y'all are gonna pass on to others that's special. That there are emblems of old that are being taken off and new emblems that are being replaced. In Jesus' name. And again, I believe that's the, the word of the Lord for them, but I believe that's the word of the Lord for so many of us here in the room. And so here's what I wanna ask you to do. Every one of us needs encouragement. Every one of us needs encouragement. And so I wanna encourage you today, whether you know someone really well or someone's new, before you leave here today, I wanna encourage you to sow a word of encouragement to someone. 
Just so, even if it's, even if the best that you have today is, hey, God loves you. Pass that on and encourage someone today. Maybe it's there's something God's put on your heart for someone that you've been holding off on saying. Step out and say that before you leave today. Let's build one another up. And as Joe is talking about the spirit making us strong, this is how the spirit actually practically makes us strong. He works through the body of Christ, through the gifts of the spirit to build us up. And we wanna build one another up that we might go in and face all the myriad of challenges that we're facing in the week ahead and we wanna go in with the strength of the Lord and it takes the body of Christ to build one another up, the body working together. So I wanna encourage you to do that before you leave today. Amen. <clears throat> All right, if you'll open your Bibles, we are going to go to a passage of scripture, Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 is where we're gonna be today. Love this passage of scripture. We are entering in as a church into our annual season of 21 days of prayer in fasting, last week I shared with you a little bit about that, it's coming up, and this idea of here at the beginning of the year taking time to get still so that we might get clear on the word of the Lord to us. And we talked about how so often it's when we get still, when we create those times of really listening to the Lord, of slowing everything down, right, that what is the word of the Lord rises to the top. And we saw how at the church of Antioch in the book of Acts, in the days of old, that they would create these environments for getting still to get clear through prayer and through fasting, through worshiping the Lord. And so it is our custom and pattern here at this Antioch in Dallas that here at the beginning of the year and at different times throughout the year that we would take times as a church to pray and to fast that we might get still to get clear on the word of the Lord. We're entering into that here in a few weeks and I wanna speak to you today about fasting, and next week I wanna speak to you about prayer. So today we're gonna focus on the fasting portion of prayer and fasting. Next week we're gonna focus on prayer. My title for today is Fasting, the Hinge of History. And if you think about a door and you think about its hinges, how it moves at its hinges, fasting in the Christian life is one of those hinges of life that opens and closes Doors. And we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna see that today in scripture. Now, I don't know your background on fasting. I was thinking about my background on fasting. I had read about fasting in the Bible here or there, never really paid that much attention to it until someone gave me a, a book a number of years ago about desiring God through prayer and fasting. And I remember reading this book and my eyes being open to this idea of fasting, of abstaining from food in order to seek God, and this was revolutionary to me. I didn't know anyone who had ever fasted. As someone growing up in Texas, we like our food, I like my food, we don't intentionally fast, and here I was reading about this idea of fasting, and it seemed very radical to me but as I read the book and I began to look through the scriptures, I saw over and over and over again the people of God were engaged in this, fact, this practice of fasting. But I saw that Moses fasted. I saw that King David fasted. I saw that the prophet Elijah fasted. I saw that Daniel fasted and Esther fasted. Anna in the New Testament fasted. Paul fasted, John the Baptist fasted, Jesus himself fasted, and I read in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus spoke to his disciples, and he said this very interesting thing about 
fasting, that it was not an if, but a when you fast. And if we'll turn to Matthew 6, this is gonna set up our main text for today is Isaiah 58, but we'll put Matthew 6 on the screen. Jesus speaking to his disciples, teaching them and training them, and he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others their fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put on your oil, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus speaking to his disciples, again, not using, hey, some of you might fast, and when you do, I want you to consider this, but saying, when you fast, meaning the expectation of Jesus is that his people, his disciples, would follow his example in the area of fasting. Jesus practiced fasting, and for his disciples who were following him, his expectation was that they would fast as well. Now, this was revolutionary to me. Again, I didn't know anyone. There are people who fast. I just personally didn't know anyone who had fasted. I had never heard about this, but I read this book, and then I looked in the scriptures, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, man. And I don't know if you ever had that feeling when God's just tugging on your heart that you're like, I know I need to do something about this. So I had a buddy who was reading it with me, and we decided that we were not just going to read this book, but we were actually gonna try and fast. Now, again, we are completely new. We have no idea what we're doing, and so we made a plan to the best of our ability. We said we're gonna fast for one day. Now, for us, that seemed like the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest. It was that level of I cannot believe I'm not just going to miss a meal. I don't know that I'd ever missed a meal until that point. I'm not just gonna miss one meal, I'm not gonna just miss two, I'm gonna miss three meals? Like this is crazy. Again, we didn't know what we were doing, so we make a little plan. I'm like, okay, we're gonna try and sleep as long as possible to kind of help with this not eating deal, and then we're gonna get out our Bibles, and we're gonna pray, and we're gonna read the Bible, and I don't really know what we're gonna do, and then around 10 o'clock at night, we're gonna meet up at my buddy's house, because he had a hot tub. And for some reason, it seemed like a good idea to spend the last couple hours of his fast in the hot tub just after the strenuous activity of sleeping late and reading our Bible and not eating all day. And we were gonna watch ESPN just to pass the last couple hours in the hot tub before we were going to break at midnight. I'll tell you about breaking in a moment. But uh, just a little heads up, um, don't do the hot tub while you're fasting. Because we got to 10, and honestly, we're already lightheaded. Our blood sugar, you know, is just probably all over the place. And you get in the hot tub, and now like, there's all the steam around you. It's so hot. And I just remember being like lightheaded, lightheaded in the hot tub, trying to watch ESPN while we're doing this fast. Again, I'm not saying any of this is like my fasting best practices, but we were just going for it, right? So we're there, and then we had a plan. We were like, we are fasting until midnight, not a minute longer. 12 midnight, we are breaking this fast, and we are gonna break this fast with whatever one should break fast with, uh, slice and bake cookies. That was our plan, chocolate chip cookies, um, which those are some really good cookies after not eating all day. And I remember that, and it was, it was an experience. I don't know that the Lord did anything in my heart, revolutionary in that moment, but it was the beginning of a journey for me into the area 
of fasting. For myself and for our church, for our church family, over the years, we have pursued this practice of fasting from one-day fast, three-day fast, 21-day fast, 40-day fast, media fast, all, I mean, just all sorts of types of fasting, food, uh, meat, I mean, just all, any number of things, trying to live out this practice of what does it look like to be a people who worship the Lord with prayer and fasting, who get still to get clear through prayer and fasting. And one of the passages of scripture that I have grown to love that has shaped me and shaped our church family on this topic of fasting is Isaiah 58. And that's where we're gonna go today. And for our upcoming season of prayer and fasting, this is the passage of scripture that's going to guide us and shape us as we go into this season here beginning on January the 17th. Isaiah 58, starting in verse six. I wanna give you a little context and then we're gonna engage the word of God together. So for the people of God, they had had this same practice of worshiping the Lord with fasting and as what sometimes can be the case, right, the religious practice, the ritual had grown a little stale had become just a thing they were doing, and it was really just feeding their own self-focus. So their fasting, though they were doing it, it had gotten a little hollow. It had gotten shallow. It had gotten superficial, and it wasn't intending the purpose for which God had given it to them. And so in Isaiah 58, God speaks to the prophet Isaiah, a rebuke to them, but it's actually an invitation back to the heart, back to the purpose, back to the depth and beauty of prayer and fasting as the people of God. And it communicates about God's heart when he talks about what is important in prayer and fasting. Isaiah 58, starting in verse six, the Lord speaks and he says this, is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? So God is speaking to them and saying, hey, you're fasting, but you're not fasting the way that I've taught you to fast. You're kind of doing this other deal, and I'm sure, you know, well-intentioned, maybe, maybe not if you read the passage, but, but they've gotten off, and we can all get off at times, and God's calling them back to the heart as sons and daughters, and he says, is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Go forward, please. Then your light, when you fast in this way, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger, that's like blaming everyone else, malicious talk, and if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry, and to satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always 
He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Love that passage of scripture. And what I wanna do for just a moment is I wanna encourage you to take out your Bible. If you don't have one with you, uh, pull it out from the seat uh, rack in the chair underneath you or pull out your phone. But it's really important to me that we as the people of God, that we engage with God's word this morning. Because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to inspire something in your heart and mine. So if you'll pull out that Isaiah 58, six through 12, now, having me having read it to you, I wanna give you an opportunity to read it for a little bit, to soak in it, and I wanna pray that the Holy Spirit would highlight something in here, that there'd be something that would just stand out to you as we listen to God and encounter Jesus together this morning. So you pull out your phone or your Bible, where Isaiah 58, six through 12, and maybe we can have it scrolling on the screen if anybody doesn't have a, a, a way to read it. If you're uh, worshiping with us online, I'd encourage you to take out your Bible right where you are. We haven't come to be passive, but to engage with God this morning. And as you read through this, a very simple passage, a very simple concept, just so profound in its application, that God is saying, hey, this religious practice of prayer and fasting, it's not just about you, but it's about love for God translating into love for neighbor. And the fasting that God has chosen is one that is expression of love for him, but it moves forward in loving our neighbor and setting people free and contending for the poor and blessing people and creating a world marked by justice. So we're gonna read it and I wanna let it sit with you. I'm gonna share a few thoughts that I have in just a moment. So if you'll take time, I'm gonna pray, take time to engage God's word. Jesus, thank you for this word. God, thank you that your heart is to call us as sons and daughters back to uh, the pure and simple devotion to you. It looks like love for God and love for people. And I pray as we read your word even right now that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would highlight things from the scripture that you're wanting to speak to each one of us in this room. I'll give you just a minute to read it.
All right. So this is going to be our guiding scripture for a time of prayer and fasting this year is that we're going to take these words and we're going to seek to live them out together. A couple of things that I wanted to point out to you as we read this is that God is calling his people to engage in prayer and fasting, this type of prayer and fasting that is marked by prayer and actual fasting, but also translates into love for their neighbor, that it's not just a religious deed that they gather together to do, but it was to fuel their love for their neighbor in the world around them. And I love that he says, hey, when you engage in this, when you practice this, when you pursue this, when you make this the way that you're fasting, the way that you live your life, he says this, uh, where it says, here's the hinge, and I love this. It says, if you spend yourself if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then, there's our hinge word, then your light will rise in the darkness. Then your, new, your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you. He will satisfy you in a sun-scorched land. He will strengthen your frame. I love that. It's, as they engage in these things, there's something that shifts in their lives. There's something that shifts in the spirit realm. There's something that the Lord is promising to do. He's promising them as they live this way, as they pursue this type of fast, he's promising that they will experience the Lord's breakthrough in their lives, that they will experience his healing, they'll experience his help, they'll experience his guidance, they'll experience his provision in fresh ways. As we were coming into this year and this time of prayer and fasting, I was seeking the Lord about, God, what are you wanting to do in us afresh in this season? And this passage, Isaiah 58, just began to reverberate in me. It's one of my favorite passages on fasting. And I'm so excited for our church and to lead you into this over the coming weeks to engaging with this. And I know that so many of, so many of us are needing fresh breakthrough from the Lord. We're needing God's guidance in fresh ways. We're needing healing we're needing strengthening. We're needing financial provision. We're needing all these things. And the Lord is saying, I want to do these. Walk this way. And as you walk this way, I'm going to pour things out on you. It's going to be like a hinge that literally shifts things. Fasting is a hinge. And so we're gonna engage in this together. Uh, <clears throat> we've commissioned some artwork for this time. I'm gonna put that up. It's exciting. Next week, we'll have your 21 days of prayer and fasting booklets to give you, but I love this art where it takes that last little phrase, repairer of broken things and restorer of streets. And God's saying, hey, as you begin to live this way, this is what is gonna be on your family crest, so to speak. You're gonna be one that repairs broken things and restores broken strengths, broken streets. I was driving by the church this week thinking about this, and I was like, man, how fitting that every time we walk out our building, we are going to see broken things with the construction and streets being rebuilt. And let that be more than just like, oh, they're always working on 635. Let that be a prophetic declaration over us that we would be a people that would live our lives in such a way where we go into places and we're repairing broken things and we're rebuilding streets. And some of us need brokenness in us rebuilt. Some of us need some broken streets in our own lives rebuilt. Some of us have some situations going on around us where we know God is calling us 
to be a person of restoration, of reconciliation, of rebuilding, but we don't really know how to do it and we need God's power, right? And that's what this is about. That's the heart of what we're going into. So how are we going to uh, do this? Practically, we're going to enter into a season of prayer and fasting beginning Monday, January 17th, and it will extend through February 6th. And I wanna walk you through the specific ways that we're gonna fast We'll talk about those today, and then next week, we'll talk about how we're gonna be praying together. So right now, just practical details on fasting, because the last thing I want for us to do is just to hear the word of the Lord, to be inspired, oh man, but not do anything with it. We're a church that we want to live out our faith. You guys are doers of the word. I know this about you, right? So how are we gonna do this together? One, we wanna call everyone in the church to fast from media from January 17th to February 6th. We've done this the last few years. We're all inundated and saturated with media all the time. And if you wanna talk about something that is filled with malicious talk and the pointing of a finger, man, you talk about the media that we just kind of live in. So for the 21 days, I wanna encourage everyone to turn off your social media Turn off your YouTube, turn off your Netflix, turn off your Amazon. If the Cowboys make the Super Bowl, we'll be done in time to watch it, but you won't have the nervousness of wanting to know what's going on. We're just turning all that off for 21 days to get still to hear the word of the Lord, to refrain from that malicious talk. Now, clarifiers on this, uh, if you're a student or you have work that's involved in the media, don't not answer your work email or tell your boss you can't turn a, a project in or an assignment in because you're on a media fast and your pastor told you, no, 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 that's, that's not the heart of this, right? We're, we're going after the heart of this, which is wherever we can cut back from the media that is in our lives, let's do that in order to create fresh space to hear the Lord. Make sense? Don't try and get out of your assignments with your teachers or your employers. Don't blame me. I don't want any emails uh, you know, from them on that second I wanna challenge you over these 21 days to take a fresh look in your life and in my life and in our lives of where are we giving ourselves to malicious talk? Where are we giving ourselves to the pointing of the finger? And I know none of us want to do this. None of us want to be negative, blaming, complaining type people, right? But man, our flesh is so prone towards slipping into this in ways that we don't even realize. So I wanna challenge us all over these 21 days to take a fresh look at what are the words coming out of my mouth and what are the meditations of my heart? And are they blaming everyone else? Are they complaining about everything? Are they malicious in how I think and talk about people? And we wanna fast from that. And our desire is not that once the fast is over, they'll be like, oh great, now I can blame everyone in the whole world, that fast is done. But no, that we take a focused look at this area of our lives so that we might live this way always. February 6th, when the fast is over, you wanna watch whatever your show is, God bless you. I'm not saying we need to fast from media for forever. This one should be an ongoing part of our lives, but I think we need a special, pay special attention to it based on this scripture over these 21 days. Y'all with me so far? Okay, food. On these 21 days, I wanna challenge you. You can do more than this, but this is what I wanna challenge everyone in our church to participate in at a level. I wanna encourage you to take Tuesdays during this three-week window to fast from food for the day. 
So maybe you do the whole day. Maybe you feel like, man, a step for me would do a meal or two meals or let's figure that out. But on Tuesdays, we're gonna fast from food and in that place, we're gonna try and live out what this passage says. So the money that you would have spent on food on Tuesday, I wanna challenge you to give that money to one of our ministry partners. Give it to Unbound North Texas, who is working to loose the chains of injustice in the area of human trafficking. So you would have gone to Chick-fil-A for lunch. You would have spent 10 bucks. Instead of going, take that time to pray. Put that 10 bucks towards Unbound. Uh, that's gonna be one Tuesday. The second Tuesday, we're gonna give toward Austin Street and the work they do with our neighbors experiencing homelessness. So the passage talked about giving shelter to those in need, right? Take that money, your Chick-fil-A money or whatever it would have been, and sow that into Austin Street. And we'll have details on how to do that uh, in the guide. Third Tuesday, we wanna do that same thing with Forerunner Mentor, and they work to help kids who don't have dads in the home have a male mentor in their lives. And so we wanna sow into them. So on Tuesdays, whatever meal, one, two, or three, uh, you give up, whatever you, you give up, I want you not just to say, well, I'm fasting that day, but I want you to take whatever you would have spent. You would have had a sandwich at home. You say, maybe that costs $1.50. Take that $1.50 and sew it into one of those ministries. So we're gonna fast from media, malicious talk, and the pointing of the finger the whole three weeks. And then on Tuesdays as a church family, I wanna invite all of us to engage in fasting on that day where we're also sewing into these incredible ministries uh, that we partner with to do this type of work here in our city. You want to fast more than that? Praise God, do it. Like, respond to the Spirit. But these are just the things that I wanna challenge everyone to engage in at whatever level you're able. I know that, uh, you know, nursing mothers or pregnant people, uh, pregnant women or people with health conditions, I know you have to navigate this, and we're not a legalistic church. We're not like a, man, we're trying to nail one another. We're just trying to say, hey, what would it look like for you where you are to engage in this as the Lord gives you grace to do it? Does that make sense? So if whatever, you can't do the whole thing or can't figure it out, just let's jump in at some level with these things. And I just, I'm excited to see what the Lord does as he makes us into these people. Now, uh, <clears throat> through practicing fasting, uh, I personally, and I know many of you who are fasters, you have your own, I have my own fair share of blooper stories from fasting. It's not just the hot tub to, to slice and bake cookies. I mean, I could tell stories for days of fasts gone wrong and funny things that have happened when you try and not eat and whatnot, and I imagine you could too. But the other thing that I have experienced in the midst of learning how to do this is that God moves in power when we do this. It really is a hinge. And this is something that I've seen in my own life and I've seen in our church family over and over and over again, that as we have been practicing fasting, that it has been a hinge in our history. And I see the fruit of fasting all around us. I was thinking about uh, people in our church who in these periods of prayer and fasting have received guidance for major life decisions. That They were going into the fast saying, man, I need the Lord to speak. And they experience God speaking to them and giving them guidance. I, 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 know, I know of people in this room, in this congregation right here, watching online, worshiping with us online, uh, who have different jobs today than they had before a fast because the Lord opened a door in the area of employment or direction 
where your job is entirely different today because of you seeking the Lord with prayer and fasting. Uh, I know of a number of stories of people who struggle with infertility to find healing and breakthrough. We're gonna do a baby dedication service in February. There are like nine bajillion babies in the church. And I know so many of the people standing up in that room or standing up in that service, that will not be, well, oh, it just came together. No, I know there were long, series, uh, long periods marked by struggles with infertility and then finding breakthrough and healing in the area of pregnancy. I know people from our church who have been called to the nations through these times of prayer and fasting, ministries that have been started. I know salvations, people that we prayed for in these times of prayer and fasting that we've baptized later because they've come to the Lord in healings. Fasting is one of those things for us as a church family, for me and my family personally, that is one of those hinges that just opens doors in ways that we can't even describe. And as we head into 2022, I'm excited for us to enter into this season together. And whether this is your first time to fast or you're a seasoned pro, this is an invitation from the Lord for all of us as we start this new year. So we're gonna be starting that on January 17th. So you still have a little bit of time, but I wanna be putting that in your mind that you know that is coming. We'll be communicating about this over the next few weeks. Next week, we're gonna talk about, you know, that's how we're fasting. How are we gonna be praying in this season? We're gonna talk about that next week. But right now, I wanna invite you to stand. And I realize one of the um, prerequisites to fasting is that you need hope. When you don't have hope, you don't think anything can change. But when you have hope, you have, I know, I believe things can be better or things can be different. And that motivates you to say, okay, well, I wanna enter in with prayer and fasting. And so today as we close, what I wanna do is I wanna invite our overseers and our staff, our prayer and perfect team to be available at the front. We wanna minister one to another, particularly in the area of hope. So if there's an area in your life, maybe it's your job, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's your finances, uh, fill in the blank, that just feel hopeless. So when we start talking about prayer and fasting, you're not even thinking like, how would I really engage with that because I've lost hope. You may not even realize it until just now. But I believe the Lord wants to restore hope in us so that he can move through us, restore faith in us so that he can move through us. So if I can get the prayer and perfect team, overseer staff to come forward. The worship team is gonna lead us in response. And I wanna encourage you, if you realize you need hope today, to come forward and to let our team minister to you. If you're staying in your seat, I wanna encourage you to go to the Lord with these things. And maybe God gives you an encouragement for someone sitting next to you. I'm gonna pray over us and then we're gonna respond. Jesus, thank you that you are the God of hope that you are the ultimate restorer of streets and restorer of broken things, Lord. And when you invite us into this season of prayer and fasting, Lord, God, you are aligning us to the things that are on your heart. And as we enter in, Lord, we begin to experience the blessing, the breakthrough, the guidance, the healing, and the provision that we need and that our neighbors need, Lord. Would you shape us to be these kind of people? And today, God, would you restore hope Wherever it's grown weary, if your marriage has grown weary in hoping, 
believing God wants to restore hope in you today. If you've grown weary in finances and it's just always a struggle, if God wants to restore hope in you today, wherever your area where your hope tank is low that would keep you back from seeking the Lord, let today be a day where hope is restored. I wanna invite you to come forward as our worship team leads us.